Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and this is the most exciting episode we've done yet, mainly because I got to use a chef's knife and a spoon to peel <laughs> ginger and cut and mince all kinds of beer mise en place because we're bringing a French <laughs> press and a chase for flavor to the episode today. It's largely credited to Sam Calajone and team over at Dogfish Head Brewing. It's an infusion episode. And I'm Harrison, and I'm looking at a lot of food and beer. It got real artisanal up in here, prepping for the podcast, blending and infusing, all in the name of beer and science, and a little magic, the magic of adjuncts, a spell the beer world. Uh, Sammy's been on here for quite some time. We're going to look kind of behind the curtain today, see what those tasty wizard brewers out there have been up to. But first... Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning. It can be found at podcast.untap.com. Or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. We're here, John. So this is it. This is a, <laughs> a real change of pace on this episode. Uh, Harrison and I have decided on using a dark beer and a light beer for infusing these flavors. Yep. Correct. And we got a bunch already lined up. Um, but the, so yeah, so beer number one, right. So we're going to start with the dark one first, cause we're feeling wild today. Uh, American stout, 7%. And we got, uh, I think what, three different versions of it. Is that three, right? There's, there's three in the chamber, okay. I think. Um, right. <laughs> we, we've, well, let's start actually Harrison with had a base. great idea. Let's just start and taste this base beer. We're intentionally right. leaving the beers anonymous for this episode with the idea being there's no rules here. You could mm-hmm. start with a base stout. You could start with a pumpkin beer. You could right. honestly do some really cool stuff with a cider. Right. Um, the idea is we're gonna we're gonna kind of get ourselves familiar with this stout, um, and then see what happens when we let coconut and what? cinnamon sit Ooh. in there for an hour and a half. All right. So let's start. Yeah, with the beginning, the base beer. Hmm. Oh, oh, all beer Ooh, is good. Yeah, I know, right? That is nice. Though. So it's definitely got like some. Kind of nice hits of coffee, toffee, a little bit of roast note in there. Very drinkable, even though it's 7%. It's dark through and through, uh, really clear. Um, good, like, um, I don't know, the head on it is dark as well. Yeah, dark or pudding-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely dry. It finishes dry, like that roastiness. I get that. It kind of keeps going. Like a good black coffee. Exactly right. The only kind of drink. <laughs> Sorry about my <laughs> coffee orders in advance. Um, mouthfeel, really, I guess maybe even, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I want to say like harsh in a bad way, but um, more thick, warm mm-hmm. mouthfeel. Yeah. And, um, and the flavor hits me first off with coffee. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Yeah. Some coffee hiding around in here. So. Excited to see how that changes now with time and flavor and infusion and all that jazz. So let's get to it. What's what's first, John? What do we got here? Well, first on the completely random order. Honestly, <laughs> if I had it to do again, we'd start with a light beer. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's all in the past now or the um, future or whatever. First up, let's do a coconut and cinnamon infusion. Uh, so we got this is all the same dark beer. This one we uh, put in a in a French press, which is just like a a way to sell you coffee for two extra dollars. <laughs> um, it's I don't know how to explain it. It's usually a glass Ginger. vessel that you fill up with coffee and hot water, and mm-hmm. then there's like this giant uh, screen you plunge Plunger, down to the yeah. bottom. Yeah, so you end up pouring out coffee and you make it to this really. It's actually it's delicious coffee. Sure, indeed. Uh, so the idea here is we've put cool stuff in that French press and then filled it up with beer. We plunged all the cool stuff down to the bottom and we're left with, in this case, the same base stout uh, with, we've got, I don't um, probably about a quarter cup of toasted coconut yeah, and two Ceylon cinnamon sticks because Ooh. I'm a culinary nerd and that's right. the only real cinnamon in the world. Noted. Um, so they sat in there for a good while, and I'm really excited to, to taste how this changes uh, the beer we're now a little bit familiar with. Let's do it. 
It smells Ooh, like it smells like coconut like milk right bar. on the nose. Yeah. Mm. Oh wow! Oh, it man, tastes like a Mounds bar. It really does. That is wild. Holy cow! Oilier, like that's exactly what I was going to say. Noticeable change. Yes, like, it's greasy. Yes, it's smooth. It's slippery. All the oils from the coconut, absolutely, are going to impact this beer. What a good thing to do as an infusion, too. Wow. So I guess we can kind of casually talk about that, too, John. I mean, the, the reason we're here today doing this, at least in my eyes, is, as you mentioned in the opening, Dogfish Head and this and the kind of invention of the Randall, the enamel animal. Yes. Which is a great name. And I have had the pleasure of enjoying the 1.0 version at the brew pub back in probably 2008 or 7 or something like that. I think it was 2010 <clears throat> when Greg, one of the engine the engineers at Dogfish right. Head, uh, finally released version 3, Three which had a right. second chamber right. and reduced foaming. Yep, it's this yep. beautiful science yep. contraption. Yep, but I remember at the brew pub it looked like like a pool pump, like an, an above-ground pool pump <laughs> behind the bar. We're all kind of like, what is that? Like, well, we're infusing beer. And we were, you know in college and sure let's try whatever that is i can't remember what i had at the brew pub that day but had a lot of dogfish heads through the randalls over the years but really from sam's own words he calls this i want to mess this up because it's a great way of explaining so in <laughs> organ oh boy hey, you got it you got it organoleptic yes hop transducer module which is a fancy way of saying basically a filter but in, you know what it does is uh, intensify, and in, in Sam describing it, kind of the alcohol of the beer is supposed to rip a lot of the flavor off whatever you're putting in this thing and put it right into the beer as you're drinking it. So different than kind of dry hopping, which happens you know earlier in the brewing process, this is like fresh as you can get, fresh stuff, put it in there and see what it does. And um, hops are a common thing to put in the Randall, but. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. So first up, obviously coconut and cinnamon. But yeah, I mean, this would be, if you put the coconut in this beer and fermented it, or even put, like, it would be taste different than this coconut today. This is very coconutty. And you're right, the oil, that probably wouldn't make the it through the process. Alcohol, I feel like, just kind of stripped the oil away. That's probably mm-hmm. what I'm tasting most. Mm-hmm. But mm. to get a little heady, the um, organoleptic. There we go. Uh, which I feel like no is a word no one would have known existed. Sure, is just a word that kind of means acting on the sense organs. So smell, taste, maybe even sight. Hopefully Touch? not sound. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's popping, pop rocks. Right, you, exactly. Um, but, so the original, the story goes anyways. The origin of the Randall, the enamel animal, was yeah. built to kind of compete with West Coast brewers at right. a Lupulin. Uh, kind of beer event, Lupulin Slam. Love it. And uh, they used it, they packed it full of hops, mm-hmm. whole leaf, I believe, mm-hmm. at the time. Right. Hops, so they could just kind of add more, you know, you'd be pumping your beer through that hop tea bag, if yeah. you will. Uh, the alcohol is going to strip off the uh, alpha oils. acid, yeah, give you some fresh t- And eventually, yeah. now we see this more often with dry hopping. Right. Um, because it's, uh, I guess it's a, I'm not going to argue it's delicious. Right. Um, this is, I guess at home, it's not technically dry hopping, but you could argue that you could dry hop or in our case, dry coconut. I know it's kind of bastardizing it, no, but, but that's what we're doing right now. But yeah, stripping all those oils away. This is great. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, huge <laughs> credit to, uh, kind of Sam and his team at Dogfish Head for bringing that. I, I, I won't say that in, in you know, 1,500 years someone hasn't thought of doing that before, but I think Dogfish Head is usually the first that comes to mind sure. when you talk about randling or infusing. You've got guys like on at the Answer who have an yes. Ondel and right. um, uh, Sycamore Brewing in Charlotte, mm-hmm. we drank their pumpkin spice latte. latte yeah. Um, and they've got, they call it a moon unit that's like a 50, <laughs> it's a huge, like Randall. You could, if, if you have access to a Home Depot or a big box store, right. I should say, not specifically by name, <laughs> uh, or, or a gifted father in law, you right. could build one yourself. You yeah. can buy one right on Dogfish sure. Head's website. It's yeah. a pretty basic technology. Yeah, just a filter, just a screen. The Randall Jr. is basically just a vessel that, 
you put all the whatever you want hops or whatnot into and pour the beer on and then you drink it through a screen it just catches it all so you're only getting the liquid uh which is Again, it's just a filter, but the 3.0 is, like John said, it's kind of designed. When you're running a carbonated fluid through things that are room temperature or not a liquid, it's going to kick a lot of that CO2 out and create a lot of foam. So that second chamber that's in the 3.0 that you may have seen at uh, more notable uh, beer watering holes, that, uh, yeah, that's it's some pretty heady stuff. But, yeah, but definitely um, – Today we're doing yeah the 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 home brewed version if you will well said of all this uh, which is great really all you need um, but this is I like this first one this is pretty good John let's hope the next one lives up to it I had I'm a great really time curious about this uh, kind of grocery shopping yes. my wife was getting ready um, for holiday <laughs> shopping and I was walking around the store like a child <laughs> um, the next so same base stout this mm-hmm. one is steeped with whole. Amaretto coffee beans, uh, wow. which smelled uh, liquory right on the nose of the coffee beans. I wanted to grind them and make coffee, but Ooh. I told my wife it was just a little bit for the podcast. Mm. Smells like a New York City bookstore right next to a bar. That's a Ooh, I've been there before. It smells like knowledge. I woke up in the back of one of these ones. <laughs> smells like knowledge. Mm. Oh, holy cow. Totally different. Way light, lighter. I get the mouthfeel is what's changing the most. Well, it's maybe the thing I'm perceiving the most, but boom, it's that am- amaretto punch in the face. That's almost all I taste. It's amazing how different this is. First first impression. Wow. Uh, amaretto, lighter, more mm. carbonated. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's showing up or it's you're getting, that again, that mouthfeel, uh, lighter. When you carbonate more, it can on the you feel lighter because you're drinking more CO two than you know you would be if it was carbonated less. If that makes sense, like you have more totally. carbonation in the liquid, so it technically is less liquid you're drinking in each sip. Um, but mm. the nose on—I wish I would have just bought twenty different coffee beans that had a blueberry pancake. I'm, I'm seeing a—I'm uh, seeing this become a reoccurring every couple of months. You maybe we may be breaking the French presses <laughs> out. We may be investing in French presses. The amazing part so far ah. were two beers in both of these: the coffee beans and the coconut and cinnamon sat in the beer in the French press for about ninety minutes right. in the refrigerator. It's pretty cool, um, but. The same base beer and get the difference between the coconut and cinnamon in this one. Yeah. You'd never know they were the it. same. I never would have guessed. I wouldn't. It just, it just, again, in the mouth feels, again, like the biggest change in that it feels like a different beer. And that's a tough thing to perceive. You can perceive different smells with the mouth feels, something that I almost like, you would feel like it would be really hard to just changed by infusing something. But again, it's the oils. I'm coming out those coffee beans. I, there was a lot of coconut in that first one too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can see it like oil slick on the top. Mm. This is uh, honestly the aftertaste for me reminds me of Dr. Pepper. I oh, hate there to it is. That, but no, do you no, get no, that? No, of course. That's like a really, if you know someone who has been homebrewing for like 20 years, they've probably... I was like a, a, an OG homebrew trick was like, if you want to spice up your stout, just open up a liter of Dr. Pepper and let it, you know, decarbonate and then put that in the boil or when you're done and Get out. ferment on that. Yeah. And I know a lot of homebrewers in their probably sixties now who like that was a, in some circles, a common kind of, that's my, it's pop's secret recipe to his Christmas stout, but don't let them know, you know, I'll freak out on you. That's Dr. Awesome. Pepper. Right. Yeah. And it's, and I, 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 yeah. So, so homebrewers out there listening, check it out. If you haven't yet, and you want to just have a different kind of stout experience, but you're right. There's a, there's a note of Dr. And Dr. Pepper. I know Will, um, the doctor, <laughs> the doctor's always in, in my house, but, uh, mm, you're right. There's like a ping. It's one of those Dr. Pepper notes. Almost like that that uh, beer taste, which I love after I swallow that quick exhale, is Dr. Pepper during. I almost wish I would have yeah. tried it with regular coffee beans to see what happened. Sure. Although I, there's a hundred things I'd like to put in here, but <laughs> there, there's the line of the show. Um, 
We did get we uh, on the Facebook group for drinking socially. We got some amazing uh, kind of ideas uh, from yeah. people in the Facebook group. To name a few, uh, actually, one of the guys made his own roasted hazelnut extract. So impressive! <laughs> yes, impressive. I chopped up ginger and I was proud of myself. <laughs> Still have all your thumbs, right? Um, or- Oreos, <laughs> Snickerdoodle cookies. Yes, oh, that yeah, would have been. Yeah, we could yeah. have just eaten the Oreos. Yeah, it would have been rough. We never got started. Um, someone said candy peach rings or like oh, yeah, Sour Patch yeah, Kids. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that instantly with Dogfish Head's Festina. Oh, sure, of course. Uh, that would have been. Uh, I can't remember who off the top of my head hibiscus came up. Right. And that Which instantly cool I was like, hold, now I'm thinking about teas, hibiscus. Yep. That would have yep. been really fun to mix yep. in some things. Um, who was it? Uh, Brandon, Bonito Flakes and Seaweed mm. to kind of replicate. There's a beer that Garage Project did called Umami Monster. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, Brandon Harrison and I want to come to your house just for dinner. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds Throw great. Bonito Flakes into a beer. That is outstanding. <laughs> Uh, um, a lot of coconut ideas, peanuts, uh, spicy peppers. We've got yeah, some lined we've up got today. Some Honestly, it was it was too much uh, suggestions. <laughs> um, so we, I think we, we're going to try and do the best we can. But the exciting part is, right. you can get a French press at your grocery store for sure. twenty bucks, yeah, or go to yeah. your mom's house; she might have one right, as well. Right. Uh, borrow it, make some coffee in the morning. But before you get there. Mm-hmm. Go through your pantry and find those three things that you don't know what to do with and right. put them in a beer. You may not like right. it. Yeah. I'm waiting for the one that we make here sure. that we don't that like. We, go, we all go, mm, oh, put that one down. <laughs> but it's easy. It's easy and fun. Um, and, and hopefully, it, uh, especially with the holidays coming up, sure, it might be a fun way to introduce uh, some really desserty stouts to some of your right. friends and family. Uh, yeah, this is a good way to turn kind of that that post meal sleepy fiesta time into a little bit of a party of hey let's do some samplings of some different kinds of beers here and then everyone's up off the couch dancing around drinking you know birthday candles and percent right candy cane infused <laughs> beer actually that'd be really good yeah right sure just throw all the candy canes off the tree whatever the the candy left in the bottom of your stocking is Dump that in there. Yes. <clears throat> you know. Uh, anyway, this is, but this is cool as heck. I can't believe the mouthfeel, how much it changed. That's everything. There's obviously lots of other changes, but the mouthfeel, it's like, whoa. I think that's the biggest one for me. Whoa. Um, so far. So one of the goals I, I asked Harrison to play along with me mm. is we're going to drink three different versions um, of a dark beer and a light beer and then pick a favorite amongst them. Um, so so mm. far, not to not to influence anything, but I've got a clear favorite so far, and I'm I'm tepid yeah. about this next one. Right, this next one, although we've been pleasantly surprised so far, really with everything, everything's been a surprise. How quick this stuff happens, and that's also the beauty of the Randalls that it's happening like there. Like we did, we took our time with some of these and put them in the fridge for a bit, but. Randall would pour it and it hits that stuff and right into the glass. In fact, my favorite or my one of my most memorable Randall experiences was enjoying a worldwide stout through brandied cherries. And it was so Dogfish has a worldwide stout, which I think is like it was like 18%. And awesome beer. <clears throat> amazing beer. Served to me a champagne food at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh it was a great and glorious day uh, had by all. So, but yeah, that one, I remember watching it happen and kind of being like, you know, holy guacamole, this is, uh, this is pretty impressive stuff. And wanting, wanting to know more about, you know, everything that I was experiencing and seeing and, and also glad I had a large breakfast beforehand. One of, I think one of the cool, obviously dogfish had kind of, I don't know, again, I'm going to say sort of invented or at least helped this become more mainstream. Yes, absolutely. We so initially, uh, Harrison and I had reached out to the team at Dogfish Head, just kind of blindly, like, "Hey, we're planning on talking about Randalls in this episode," and it was amazing. We spoke with uh, Alan Weath, who I'm probably butchering your last name, who's a brand manager, hooked us up with John March, mm-hmm. who is a tour manager on their Off Centered tour. 
uh, which it kind of focuses on some of their, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, cool, exciting, weird, unique beers. Yeah, of course. And I have a quote from John that just stuck right out with me. It says, my favorite all-time dark beer creation was Worldwide Stout with cocoa nibs and mm-hmm. maraschino cherries. Tasted like a chocolate-covered cherry. I think mm-hmm. Harrison's yeah. might have been a little Very bit boozier so, right. with brandy. Sure. Um, but then he followed it up with, I think, the best creation we've ever made. If you're listening and you can do this, I'm jealous that I wasn't able to get one, but it's on my list. Midas Touch from Dogfish Head infused with mint and lime slices. Ooh. They called it Midasito, and yeah. it was phenomenal. That sounds delicious on a nice hot summer day. Man, yeah, we'll do that. I Again, I imagine this is not the only infusion episode we'll do. I think it's going to be... Uh, a reoccurring event. Something fun to try, uh, definitely. Yeah. And I think uh, that that kind of, initially, I guess for this run, I was I was kind of pushing and saying we should do very kind of just base, not generic in a bad way, but just the beers aren't the highlight of, of this show. Right. Um, and something like Midas Touch, I would have never thought to do. It's got, uh, it's almost like a mead. Um, I can't sure. think of what's all involved. It's an herbed ale, um, a Groot, I believe it might be technically referred to, at least on Untapped. They label it as a Groot. Um, ingredients found in the 2,700-year-old drinking vessels mm-hmm. in the tomb of King Midas. Um, so like somewhere between a beer and a wine and a mead is what Dogfish Head yep. calls it. Yeah. yeah, you're right, beer, wine, mead hybrid. That's not where I would have started to add things to since it's already a little bit on right. the uh, unique setup. But I could imagine having had that beer before that if you put mint and lime in there, man, that would be outstanding on a warmer day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I percent ABV too. So it'll, it'll get you going. If you got any laying around for Christmas, right? Skip the rum. Just have a Midasito. Midasito? Midasito. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, like, uh, both John and Alan were awesome to talk to. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I know John is listed as having spent hours in research and development. Rough, so tough stuff. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Once it's your job, it's no longer always fun. But I feel like <laughs> R&Ding what things to put in beer might not be for, terrible. Yeah, for Dogfish Head especially. Um, and really great guys to talk to. Awesome team over there. They were really welcoming um, so really excited uh, if this turns a couple people on to the idea. Check out their mm-hmm. website. Right. Um, I think there's a, actually a list of like great uh, infusion ideas mm-hmm. in there as well. There's a great infomercial about it too, which we'll get yes. to you guys somehow, of Sam kind of pitching and talking about the Randall and what it does in a, in a lovely infomercial kind of way, um, channeling his best Billy Mays, and it works um yeah anyway this is all right what's up what's next john We've next one up got more uh, uh <laughs> it's coming kind of redundant um but yeah. i couldn't keep the cinnamon stick out of it this one is primarily graham cracker and yep. cinnamon in our base stout it's got about a 45 minute infusion and uh we're basically just replacing the coconut with graham cracker i'm really curious yeah. to see how this comes through Me in too. the beer um, if it's a fail, we'll find a way to do an extra one and we'll supplement it. But I don't know. I love graham crackers. Me too. And there's pieces of them floating in here, which yeah. I don't mind at That's all. It's good. Ooh. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> Again, every time. Man. Wow. It is like Didn't expect that. How did I? I mean, it's, you know, it's, I, I, it's somewhat obvious that you put something in, you put food in something and it's going to change you know, the way it tastes. But I just, I don't know, I guess I'm impressed with how fast it happens and how it really just blends in with everything else. Like it's always been there. I think that's what's kind of getting me yes. most excited is it feels like, again, if I didn't know any better and I close my eyes and I open up a can of this beer, I'll be like, oh, cool, I made a graham cracker stout. They must have added that in the boil and have all kinds of questions about what went into making it blend so well. And here we just did it in, in less than an hour. And I can easily understand why a brewery wouldn't do this because there are big, not <laughs> not objectively no. big, but um, there's some there's some decent pieces yeah. of but graham you can, cracker right, you in can here. Filter that out, and that's not you know that's the other thing too is that we're drinking this right now. 
fresh, which is great, but like, you know, you can't, there's, you worry about contamination at one point, some point or another, like you can't just like in, keep infusing things and keep them in open French presses in your fridge and <laughs> hope that nothing grows in there that shouldn't. Like, Very true. You should really just make it and drink it and move to on. To order. Right. You don't want to, right. You don't want to sit on these things for very long because that is where i mean uh, right why you add these things to the boil is because you want to sanitize and pasteurize and things like that yeah that's a really good point i think if i was uh actually i think i saw a few home brewers that had set up uh some i'm going to just say professional grade randalls as mm. part of their operation mm-hmm. um, but for a setup like this you would have to be really careful about some of these particulates getting into your beer and canning it and right. shelf life just ruining yeah. it. And I mean, essentially what a Randall is, is a hopback or a torpedo, which is Sierra Nevada's name for it. And hopback is a more universal, but something that Trogues kind of made famous their hopback amber ale vessel, usually stainless steel that you would traditionally put hops in and shoot it into the beer to dry hop it whereas this is taking that process and adding it at the end of the actual experience like right at the tap but like the concept is the same of getting you know you do that instead of just dropping dry hops into the top of a tank which is also a perfectly fine way to dry hop something but this the idea behind torpedoes and hop bags is that it gets like way better like the beer touches goes through all the hops it's better coverage it grabs more aroma that way and so on but like the actual what is going on is the same process just at a different point is that very dissimilar to uh like adding a syrup to a berliner well that like at the like at the like after you have your base berliner and then there's a bar that might have like a blueberry and a raspberry syrup this is actually that that, i mean right we should you're right i mean that's kind of like that's my next that'll be the the next infusion episode that may be the og infusion right there and i've done that i'm trying to remember the name of the syrup there's like one famous you know grenadine well it's not grenadine that's my famous syrup right The little, did you know there's alcohol, there's alcoholic grenadine and non-alcoholic? Didn't I, know that. I didn't until the bar I worked at accidentally. Shirley ordered, Temple, the kid. <laughs> ordered the alcohol, the grenadine alcohol. We made a bunch of Shirley Temples for a, yeah, a bunch of some kid's birthday party and the rest is history. Um, but yeah, yes, there is a syrup, right? You can add, and I've had blueberry, raspberry, kind of like a generic berry one that is associated with, a Berliner whose name is escaping me, but I'll think of it in a moment. Um, that 1809, that's the Berliner that has um, some kind of syrup. Hold on, let's look at this and get the right info. You're right, John, because that's like essentially you're adding an adjunct to the beer as it sits there. I think it, I think this is Gaber Waldemeister, I think. I think sounds, that's the one. Sounds pretty close. Or Woodruff syrup. That's another one. That's it. That's the one I've had. Uh, Woodruff I have heard of before. So anyway, there are a couple different claims to this, but uh, man. Yep. Flavor with raspberry syrup. Yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah, no Randall involved, but again, same idea of kind of taking a base beer and changing it on the spot. The idea of that being just like you, you know, rim the glass of a margarita with some salt and lime enhancing that kind of you know olfactory experience in a world where you know new beer is exciting and peanut butter fudge pony stouts are Mm. super exciting um hard to come by weight right. line 250 right. bottles made like uh, for me i'll admit first off the the harder it is to find the less that it exists in the world the more right. excited i am to sure. try it sure uh, but this is an opportunity to do some really easy made uh unique stuff to just a, like uh, uh was it fuller's porter would mm-hmm. be a great one to oh, yeah add some whiskey soaked uh wood chips to now we're talking and have and, and maybe a couple of cherries mm-hmm. yeah Ooh, uh, and ciders. Honestly, yeah. I really like to add a whole bunch of like red hots to a cider. Yeah, me too. Or yeah, I mean, right. It's really 
kind of endless. And you're right, there'll be some dead ends there, but I feel like more success. As long as you take a little bit of thought into it than some barbecued ribs. Like, Ooh, <laughs> now you're talking. That's getting dangerous. Yeah, now you're talking. Pork or beef? Let's uh, try both. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who. I think it was Matt <laughs> on the Facebook group said, just add a bunch of pretzels to it. Worst case scenario, you save yourself the time of eating pretzels <laughs> with your beer. Uh, I can appreciate that from an efficiency right. standpoint. All right. That's like the old, was it Smucker's jar that had the peanut butter and the jelly mixed Goober, together? Yeah, I don't know Goober. if I can say it, but it yeah. was. Yeah, I remember it being called Goober Grape, we'll say. Um, it was never sure. good to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out of, but. Something about the separation of peanut butter and jelly, but at the same time, eat with a spoon. Maybe it's just a good. Peanut butter jelly gazpacho. Just, yeah, it was just marketed the wrong way. And shave it with a spoon <laughs> and what's frozen. And honestly, I would imagine it kind of makes you think of beer like a home brewer. I mean, you may try adding peanut butter and jelly to your French press. Oof. I wanted to. I just couldn't That'd figure out last, how to make that work. Right, the last thing you do with it. But if you added powdered peanut butter and a whole bunch of fresh raspberries or something, then you might be getting closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't can't hurt to try. Nope. So it's all about just trying stuff, being ex- adventurous. And the nice thing about this is the French presses that we have are not huge. Like, you know, it's as easy to split it between both of us and have a couple different versions of it and lay it on something we like. Yeah, honestly, a culinary bottle share. Uh, bring, some, <laughs> bring some produce mm-hmm. and a couple of cans of your favorite pills. I would almost say it's exciting to bring a beer that you know very well. Yeah, sure. Um, and see how how much you can affect that by adding some toasted coconut. Or yeah, something, you that'll know. definitely be surprise you the most. I mean, overly oh, really well. That's a good point. Uh, for a winner myself, personally, having gone through these dark beers, I almost hope that there's enough where we can make one more as a as a bonus beer. But um, my pick on this is gonna be for me. It's easy. The coconut and cinnamon. Oh, um, I just. It was mm. creamy. It, the coconut came through, and that's one of my favorite ingredients in the world. Yep. Yeah. Me too. But that's it was tough with the. I just I feel like you're right. I could probably drink the coconut cinnamon one anytime anyone offered it to me. But the first sip of the amaretto coffee bean one is like a first sip I would love to have again, brand new because it was so different and surprising and that one that one probably won for me this round the amaretto coffee bean one it was just it was just so much so much changed that i think that was the most that was the most different (laughs) of the three infusions we did and i i initially i was like we'll put them in first second and third place right i if you ask me again, I kind of want I want another sip of the graham cracker beer too. That was the sweetest. It was the sweetest of the three, oddly makes, so. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. But a lot of sure, a lot of sugar on those graham crackers. But yeah, you are <laughs> right about that. Yeah, <laughs> I had a few before we, <laughs> as we were setting up. Definitely uh, didn't skip on the sugar, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they were all really cool. You're right, though. I mean, that I feel like yeah, the coconut cinnamon one was probably the most I don't know, mature, felt the most blended, but the amaretto coffee bean one definitely was the most surprising. Um, cool stuff. So coming up next, uh, we're going to switch over and we're going to do some uh, lighter beer. Yes. Uh, do some infusions there. There are still jalapenos on the table. There's Look some out. Italian candied cherries. So. Ooh. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but first, it's time to talk about our sponsor um, and the app that makes this all possible. That's right. Um, so, uh, to get to get to our sponsor, one thing I just want to make known is that it's often difficult if you're checking into a beer. If you're fortunate to live near a brewery where they might do like. Firkin Fridays Mm -hmm. and add some weird stuff to a cask. It's hard to check into that beer. Right. And there really isn't like an honest black and white answer on what to do. I'll usually just refrain from rating that beer. I'll check into the base beer and just say in the comments like infused with Mm -hmm. cocoa and mint or Mm -hmm. something just Mm -hmm. so I have that to reference. Right. Um, But either way, you know, if you're you're doing this at home, check in, do what makes you feel comfortable. Um, The ratings are, again, your own. If you want to go back and reflect on which 
version you like the most, I think that's probably most important. Sure. Yeah, it's all good fun. Um, other than that, it is still cold out. And if you'd like to show <laughs> off your love of Untapped, make sure you check out our Untapped online store at store.untapped.com. Check out Untapped branded glassware, shirts, sweaters. There's beanies. Uh, there's some pretty cool stuff in there for yourself, for your loved ones, for your bottle shares. And I'm going to push to get an Untapped branded French press in there as well. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Now, if you do find something you like, when you get to the checkout, make sure you use the coupon code PODCAST. That's going to save you 20%. Um, and other than that, we had a contest last episode. We did. Exciting. Harrison, give us a breakdown. How'd that work out? That's right. Yeah. So last episode, we were giving away a $25 gift card to spend at the untapped store to one lucky winner. And we have the lucky winner. So congratulations to Mariano for being chosen. Out of our random number generator to get the twenty-five dollar uh, gift card to spend in the Untapped store, you have this is news to you, Mariano. You need to check your email or your direct message. Right, yeah. we hit, hit you up and told you right away. Um, but uh, congratulations! Excited to get that to you, uh, and thanks to everyone else who you know entered and tagged friends and shared little tidbits and shout outs and tagged during socially. It was cool to see. It was great to see all that stuff. Humbling. Yeah, it, really was. Uh, it was, it, it's awesome to see. And, and hopefully the friends that, uh, those of you that entered, I uh, really hope that your friends are listening, enjoying this and, uh, we'll, we'll try and have another giveaway here soon. Yeah. But congratulations to being the first inaugural winner of the Untapped store gift card. Pretty cool. And of course, great time at this time of year. So enjoy that. If it was me, I'd be getting the Tiku glassware. No brainer, but I I'd probably go with the beanie. Uh, right. You're um, like a beanie guy. You're a big beanie. I don't guy. have as much hair on my head as you. <laughs> uh, but either way, check it out. Even if you didn't win, if you're not Mariano, if you're one of the people that are not Mariano with your twenty-five dollar <laughs> gift card. Um and even you, Mariano, use a coupon code podcast, yeah. get twenty percent off. Stack it up. Um so it's still uh it's, it's at least as good of a handout as we can offer those of you that listen to Harrison and I yep. drink socially. Exactly. We appreciate it. Other than that, we're gonna be coming back with some light beer in Ooh, just a minute. Here we go. Okay, coming back, we're going to talk about light beer. Um, for those of you that need to know a little bit about this one, mm-hmm. it's a American-style lager. comes in at 5.2, so a little bit less ABV. Mm-hmm. Harrison actually brought up a really cool point that this may not absorb, I'm going to say it terribly, absorb the flavor as well because of the lower alcohol points. Do you Can you elaborate right. on that a little bit, Harry? Yeah, simply yeah, simply that. I mean, we'll we'll see, but yeah, it seems that so far the oils have been the biggest player in this game and that's, you know, something that I I think the alcohol is what's impacting that kind of being like Sam kind of explained stripping it away from the in put it into the solution that we're drinking here. Um, so we'll see, and that seems to be the main factor here is the alcohol so far, although we'll see. And also that's kind of for fat and things that can travel in oils. We'll see. We're drinking some things now that maybe a little less dependent on that. So we're going to see what happens. Honestly, I think every one of these would have been good in a dark beer as sure. well. Oh yeah. But, I, um, but I'm excited to try a light change and we'll again, see, we'll compare and contrast. That's right. It's all, we're all learning as we go. Science here science there science is always in the driver's seat someone is, said is the that. way harrison okay, explained it to right. me that's who yeah. it was <laughs> it was me um, what do we got first man that's right all right up one uh number one we got some candied cherries in this light lager and john tell me more about the cherries we were just talking about this yeah so these are cherries that i can't mm-hmm. pronounce they're Actually. italian in name mm-hmm. similar to luxardo they come in a right, really pretty right. jar yes. that my wife loves mm-hmm. um they're not cheap right. cherries no. that's that's the first thing i noticed Fancy but cherries. once you eat one you'll Understand never want another kind of anything yeah. they're <laughs> essentially they're italian exhaustively hand-selected cherries that mm. come in this syrup that is amazing. Mm. Um, so oh, yeah. it's it's sugar water and cherries. I know it well. It's great in old fashions. and Very true. We'll see how uh, beer. Uh, we so should... this one sat in a beer. This is about 45 minutes infused, uh, just mm-hmm. 
uh, uh, those Italian cherries and this uh, regular lager. Yep, American Light. All right, let's check it out. Hmm. Lager, 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 lager. But we should say that we did, we did, we tasted the base beer. It was a pretty standard light lager, a little bit of corn happening there, a little bit of bread notes. This to me is just a little bit smoother, and there's a sweetness that I can't identify. Like I wouldn't be able to say that's cherries, but I am saying this is sweeter than you're nailing this base beer. The that and that was my fault for rushing past uh, after tasting the beer on mm. its own. Mm. I think you nailed it though. Uh, corn, which I love in a lager, mm. and bris- briskety bread. Mm. That's not the biscuit. Real. The biscuity bread. Biscuity bread. Biscuit, and brisket next to a lager. Oh, yep. <laughs> now we're talking. Um, and some of these cherries, uh, right. but it's everywhere. I can't. So the stout was so. It was uh, it was just screaming the adjuncts we put in there. Right. The lager so far with this one, anyways, with the cherry, and I didn't put a handful in there. There was about, uh, we'll say, nine cherries mm-hmm. in, a, in a can of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't get, the cherry doesn't come through as much as I would have expected after right. drinking the dark beer. Right. And I'll be curious to see again yeah, how that stands up on... Uh... Again, this is episode one. I have a feeling it's going to be happening more and more. They're going to be the demands in my head are like I want to do verticals. I want to do the yes. same ingredients, light versus dark. Yes, things like that. We'll um, see. We'll get there. There are already too many beers for any one person to consume. Right. I welcome you to prove <laughs> me wrong. Um, and now, if we add uh, fourteen different ingredients, uh, now I mean that's that can be one beer fourteen different ways. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, but this is pretty cool. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's light. It's a little bit more sweet. Mouthfeel, you're not right. Cloying. A, a change, an, an added creaminess. Mm. Um, the first sip, I feel like I got more, uh, initially, I feel like it tasted more. It reminded me of like Bell's Poolside with right. uh, with those cherries I can't yep. pronounce. Maraschino? Is that them? Mont no? Moreno? Oh. Mount, uh, it's, Mont, a, it's, a, it's a special Detroit or, or Michigan cherry, I right. should say. Right, makes sense. Hmm. Um, and it was, uh, they call it Poolside Ale. It tasted like a beer you would expect to drink by the side of a pool like someone walked by holding cherries. Almost like a, this... This could be uh, uh, the equivalent of like a LaCroix cherry beer. Right. Pool. Yeah, exactly. LaCroix cherry beer. Ah, yes. I almost wish I would have had some mint to put in there with the cherries, though. Ooh, that's it. That's Um, it. I think think John over at Dogfish had nailed Mm. it. Mint infused in your beers. It should be everything you're doing this summer. Yep. Montmorency. Thank you. Cherries. Cherry juice, pool time ale from Bell's. Montmorency. Montmorency, one word. Grown in Traverse City region of Michigan, up up towards the top of the mitten, on the way to the top of the mitten. Oh, okay. Those of you familiar with Michigan will know that <sighs> reference. The mitten. Mm. They recommend having it with roasted chicken, macadamia nuts, arugula salad. Love it. Only available May through uh, or April through May. Okay, limited release, kind of, uh, I guess, around cherry season. Okay, well, it's a fruit. I would think it would be picked in the, who knows? It's really the juice it's made with. It's, okay, It makes nice. a point to highlight that with Michigan cherry juice. So that could be anytime. I thought about maybe doing oh, juices yes. with beer, but now we're blending, and I think that's enough of a different thing. Could be where yeah. we maybe we do yeah. a blending, maybe we mix uh, a dark beer with a fruit beer and right. see what happens. Are we, that could be fun. Are we creating a blendery on air right now, live? It's never John. been done before. <laughs> Here it is. Maybe it probably has been done before. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, one thing as um, as we're drinking this first run iteration and putting oh. a few more minutes mm. on the next ones to come up. Uh, I just, uh, I kind of grabbed on to what was, I try, you know, you try and Google things, right? Maybe you don't. I, <laughs> I, I might do it too much, some would argue. <laughs> um, but I was trying to figure out, you know, in, in, in Google's infinite reach, what was the first beer infusion ever? It's mm-hmm. not documented. Um, right. I can attest to that. But sure. The, the, I will make the position that hops are the first beer infusion 
hops or period, added hops. The ones that kind of got adopted. And basically, as I traced the history there, for those of you that want to use this as an educational podcast, mm. it was around 800 AD. Here we go. That hops started appearing in beers and breweries and, and notes about beers. Right. And then it was around much later, around 1300. Uh, sorry, 13th century, 1300, around Germany that you'd start to see like hop farming and commercial hop farming right. become more popular. Realized. Up until then, there was a bunch of ways you would put bittering into your beer. Harrison mentioned this before, where you'd add rosemary and juniper. Bay leaves, bay leaves. Bay leaves. Big. Now these would be super exciting. You'd be right. a cutting edge brewery if you did this. Bay leaves are tense. Uh, <laughs> it tastes like chicken <laughs> soup. I was going to say, right, gonna say you're, you're that, that unlucky scoop of chili that has a bay leaf in it. Whew, yep. Don't eat that. That's, <laughs> um, that, that, that is not good. Right. <laughs> You'll be able to feel your tongue for a week, but... Uh, about 200 years after we started to see hop farms growing, uh, Germany introduced Rheinhetzgebot, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit closer there, around 1500, uh, 1516, yep. which is somewhat easy to remember somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, this included <laughs> hops as one of the three things that you could put into a beer, and this was a, like the purity laws is right. called. sure. This happened before we even knew what yeast was. Still magic. So we've been making beer for, based on this timeline, 800 years now. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what yeast is, which is arguably crucial to making beer. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't listed in in Reinheitsgebot. It was just you could have hops, water, and malt, barley. Yep. That's it. So hops were added. And then to take it even further, around 1700 in England, they had banned non-hop bittering agents. You couldn't put rosemary in your beer to bitter it. You had to use hops. The suggestion is that that was largely a movement because there was a tax. It was a penny per pound on hops that would go towards Mm. the, the, we'll say, the government. Yes. Um, So this move kind of led to hops uh, after 1700. That was like the political move that that kind of grew beer into what it was when it hit the Western world, uh, where hops kind of took hold as the fourth ingredient in beer. Yeah. Yeah. I think your argument is well, uh, well taken, John, that, yeah, hops kind of started this whole dance Many a year ago, and here we are today. And to think, hopless. If it weren't for a British tax on hops, we may (laughs) all be drinking double rosemary at IPAs. All right, Harrison, what do we got? um, What do we got next coming up after that? All right, so next up for us today is again same base beer, but we're doing ginger and lemon this time, which really. Smelled amazing when we were kind of zesting and chopping and making this happen. Um, So here we are. And I think, although I could be making this up, but it almost looks like there's a, I don't know, a bit more of a, the colors change a bit, a bit of a haze or something going on. It's got a haze to it, like not suspension, but solution. Um, All right. No particulates come through. Right. The only thing I wanted to mention is that it is actually true. It's easier to peel ginger with a spoon. I'm done. (laughs) Now now we know. Oh, my gosh. All right. This looks great. Smells great. The aroma on this one is markedly different. Yeah, this... What is that? I mean, lemon ginger. There's a local brewery here in Wilmington that makes a lemon ginger saison that Mm. is maybe the best beer they make. Mm. Like, that's so good. Ooh. And lemon and ginger go well together. The nose is all lemon. Mmm. Okay. Successful. It's like a shandy, sure. Ooh, the ginger comes into the end. Oh wow. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this I could drink all day. This is good. It it almost eliminates the corn flavor that I got in the base oh, lager. Yeah. No. I get lemon, like candy sweet lemon. This is just, we just carved up the zest of a lemon with my pocket knife and put it in the French press. Right. Um, we had some ginger that was fresh ginger chopped up. You could probably use candied or other things as well. But 
Um, but this lemon in the beginning, and then after I go down the roller coaster hill, it's that like little, almost spicy fresh. Right, you land on the little spicy fresh pillow of ginger. Oh, it's a totally different beer. It really is. I'm having a blast of this tonight. This is dangerous. The again, the one thing that resonates with me, and this is just this is entirely personal preference. I liked what the dark beer did when we added flavors to it. The light beer, this is a great, this one captured the lemon yeah. and the ginger, but yeah. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's cold out. I'm in a dark beer mood. Could be. Something like that. Because this tastes light, as it should. Right. And I've added lemon and ginger, and I taste them both. I don't know why I'm being so critical of this one. No, I just, I really like this one. This one's great. And I enjoy juxtaposition. That was a good, growing up in the north, you go and ski a lot. In the in the winter, sometimes in the spring, depending on how the spring was going, and a lot, the go to drink became like margaritas in the snow, like kind of that classic wow. hipsters. You know, well, it was before hipsters. Okay, well, I don't know, maybe not, but um, but yeah, just margaritas in the hot tub. That was like the oh, go to yeah, snow okay. drink was margaritas. So I always obviously associate with sunny days and a patio somewhere and some music happening. Tacos usually. Nope, this was cold, dark, but summer in a glass. And it was nice. It was a nice juxtaposition. This this beer tastes like great. summer. I almost wish great. I would have put some cilantro in here now. Well, my God. Um, and had some tacos. That's mm. I guess it's I yeah. It's very shandy like. It tastes like a shandy, but even lighter. You're not getting that kind of fruit juice, lemonade. Like it's sometimes be heavy, the heaviest part of a shandy. Is that like lemonade, yep. lemon juice thing, where this is just lemon? Still has all the clean, crisp finish I mm -hmm. want in a lager. Um, <sighs> a nice, I'm going to say it, a nice kiss of lemon. Mm. Yeah, it's like a like a yeah, like a lemon head. It's great. The ginger, it really is just. When did we do more next time? I just see what it. Not that I need it, but I'm always curious, more curious <laughs> about more. I wish I would have the the two. I would argue here that lemon comes through and ginger comes through, but they're both better together. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a, something happening there. A nice, yep. I'm going to say dance a lot. I'm saying dance a lot. A nice trapeze act. Lemon catching ginger, like two aerial tramp. Trapezists? Yeah, I think just trapezists implies they're aerial, unless they're really bad. Or <laughs> <laughs> right, they're just pulling the tent down at that point. <laughs> yeah, ground trapeze artist. I'm a tumbler. Much <laughs> much safer here. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Wonderful. Oh, boy. And here comes the one that, I, yeah, I've been the most curious about probably all night, even though it might be the most straightforward when we do this one's gonna be great this is the one that i i initially thought of this was my first yeah french press infusion when i realized my wife needed all the spicy beer and there wasn't any to be found right so we have straight up jalapenos chopped seeds in looking good looking shiny and this one this sat in the french press for uh, a little over 30 minutes, but not much. Mm. Um, I think more time would have been fine. I'm it curious about that. It yeah. doesn't look like it's affected the color at all. Not much has affected the color of this lager. Ooh. We added cherries and syrup to it. But the, but the aroma smells like walking into your favorite taqueria. Right, yeah, right. Mm. Fresh green jalapeno wow, it's kind of it, i can't even get that close to my nose it's i'm excited to, to see harrison believe in the fire here yeah <laughs> it's about to happen here we go down the hatch mm. Ooh. okay I, it's all flavor it's all jalapeno flavor. Not my little oh, man. bit of heat. Well, it's coming in the back. I should have got more peppers. That's my fault. I think that's time. I, when we used to infuse vodka, it would just be 24 hours, and then it would be a spicy vodka. But Ooh, up until this is then, good, though. But this is, this is like you work. Like It's hard to replicate this because you put these jalapenos in there any longer, and they're much longer. It's going to be really, really spicy. But this is just like a refreshing... I feel like you need a little bit. I mean, as a cook, I, I feel like you need some fat to take the spice out of these jalapenos. Yeah. You probably don't want fat in your beer. No. Um, but 
one remarkable thing is that drinking this beer tastes exactly like a jalapeno smells. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And there is a beer from what, Birdsong, their jalapeno Birdsong, pale ale. Where they North take, Carolina, yep. They make a point that they take the seeds out so it's not a spicy pale ale. It just tastes like a jalapeno. And it really does. It's, it's nothing great. spicy about it, but it's remember – the first, remember the first time I had it? It was probably the first week I moved – North Carolina, someone gave me one, and I was like, all right, maybe I got it for myself in the hotel room, and I was like, I'll try this. Sounds wild, and it was very similar to this, Ronnie, this right now, actually. Just tastes like jalapeno, but no no real something biting you at the end. I was stuck in the Charlotte airport when I had that beer, mm. and I said, holy cow, I'm going to have another, and that's what you do at the Charlotte airport. You get stuck there for <laughs> forever. enough time to drink a few. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, this is I now I want to try this because I've done a French press infusion with a jalapeno before mm. and I've gotten that spice Quickly. that I was seeking and you know some jalapenos sure. are spicy some aren't but True. when I'd done it before it was always with like a 7 or 8% yeah. IPA and I wonder if maybe the, the addition of the alcohol would help soak up some of that oil to give me some spice but at the same point I don't mind this at all. This tastes delicious. I want really I want cornbread right away. Ooh, oh, you're right. This would be good. Right, I was thinking like to brine, to wash some meat in this. Ooh, yep. Beer. This is all the the flavor of a jalapeno without the spicy bite. Little, little, little bit of a tinge, but. Right, just there at the end a little bit, kind of letting you know that it could. It means business if you wait around. Yeah, I was longer. looking, yeah, yeah. I was looking forward to like grabbing the lemon and right. praying for relief. Right. But. <laughs> but amazing, still amazing how quickly the flavor gets in here. But very interesting to know that how quickly the or how right how it really is the flavor and not the heat makes me wonder about other kinds of peppers about time is it an hour two hours does it have to be 20 how long did it take before the heat shows up that's where the vertical this, comes in this yeah i do a, think it is a two hour jalapeno a six hour mm-hmm. a roasted jalapeno mm-hmm. we could fire roast them i think we owe it to science it's gonna be a messy yep yeah it won't be pretty these french presses one thing i will say is uh don't use this on the french press that you drink coffee out of right. every day surprise um, or have a dishwasher. Uh, <laughs> one of those two things you're going to want, especially with the graham crackers. Uh, that yeah. that took I don't know, 50 pounds per square inch to push that plunger down. It was, yeah, there. You, you let it have it. Um, rounding out the light beers here, we've had candied cherries, we've had ginger and lemon, we've had jalapeno. For me, I pick this jalapeno beer without question. I wanted, I was excited for a little bit more spice, but I don't, I'm not going to take anything away from this. This, this makes me want to eat food Yeah, and not everything makes me want to eat food, I guess, to be <laughs> honest, but this, the, the flavor of jalapeno is so respected in this mm-hmm. 5.2 light lager. I mm-hmm. would gladly drink this on a hot day by the pool side. Right. I know. And I think for me, it's I'm, the ginger lemon's going to take home my blue ribbon if only for i mean i was just i liked it a lot and i could drink it any time of year hot tub after skiing or in the dead of winter to remind me of summer days or poolside kind of pre and post nap but uh but all were good and you're right this um this jalapeno one it it has me thinking about it about this and what we can do with it next next time um, which is always good when a beer makes you think, not too hard, but just a little bit. Yeah, enough to wonder sometimes how <laughs> right, they got that flavor right, there. Right, right, Um What would have <laughs> happened if I would have put jalapenos in with the gingers and the lemon yeah. and some cherries right. and everything. And everything yeah. at once. Someone suggested s'mores. I think I remember seeing that on mm. Facebook. I love s'mores. Yeah. I was a little nervous about putting marshmallows or yeah. marshmallow fluff in here, but... Yeah. Harrison's convinced me. Yeah, Maybe coming soon. We'll see. Um, a couple other things from the Drinking Socially group. I always like to just kind of wax on some of the things that caught my eye. Um, the one jumped out at me. Uh, Anthony, his father-in-law, went over to Buffalo. Great city. Yes. Awesome. Tell wonderful city. Full of life and vigor. It actually is a good city. It just I'm from there, so I'm a huge proponent. 
Um, but his father-in-law brought back some Sierra Nevada celebration across the border, mm. which is a six-minute drive from Buffalo to Canada. Yes. And as soon as I saw Sierra Nevada celebration, mm-hmm. I knew Harrison at least Thought had a cool me. sentence or story about that. Thought of me. Just that I finally had. You may have seen me check it in the first of the year. I try and wait. I can't have it in October in good conscience, and I really try and wait until kind of that first cold night when I go, ah, it's time for a celebration, which here is like it's, it's below 50 at night, and you're like, all right, this is what we're getting in November. It's Although we had enough. a couple had a couple cold ones, but um, yeah, I had it, had it recently at my uh, favorite spot to watch the game in town here. Just gave for a couple hours, had some celebrations. It's a great beer. It probably is my favorite seasonal that's a whole other conversation. If you ask me right now, though, that'd probably be my number one. Maybe number two, Nugget Nectar from Trogues also ah, gets me excited. It's still, get, it's still an exciting beer. Right. But um, but anyway, yeah, if you haven't had it, get out there. It's a Fresh Hop IPA, which is not what you see. I mean, now you see them a lot. But they're probably one of the first breweries to kind of do that as a, as a seasonal Fresh Hop IPA. You see a lot of breweries have to do Fresh Hop IPAs just because it's this time of year you're picking hops and they're – fresh and you can do it but i would i think they were the first they had to have been the first to do it as a seasonal so a little history there great beer darker than most super piney anyway yeah now i could now i want one i'm gonna find one after this thank you anthony thanks a lot for that anthony's father-in-law uh last point on drinking socially (laughs) uh uh, billy mentions an advent calendar and for the next episode of drinking socially harrison and i are going to be talking it'll be our last episode before christmas and our last official episode of 2019 will be the next one my gosh so We'll talk about advent calendars and how they relate to beer and how that can be really fun and exciting as an adult to count down beers. Sure. Uh, There was one uh, guy in the Facebook group, Greg, that talked about getting some friends together and they would each like pitch in a few beers and put it in a box. I like that. And I think if if you're the only untapped user amongst your friends or if you're all on untapped and check in and tag each other, I think that's just a great way, you know, encourage your friends to go out, everybody buy a, a four-pack or two four-packs, yep. put them in a box, and then, you know, it's a good way to just, the holidays are crazy. They are. Um, they are. I get really anxious, and uh, it's, it, it's, it should be exciting. Sometimes I take them too seriously, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about John's psychological <laughs> issues in right. a different episode, but... <laughs> But I think an advent calendar and especially one that you share with friends is a great way just to kind of stay in touch. You don't have to worry about buying. What am I going to buy Harrison? The man already has a beautiful mustache. He's got everything. What else could he need? Uh, So we do a beer share kind of, and, you know, we talk about it when we see each other and and that could be really fun. So we'll talk about that for the next episode. Absolutely. Um, Any parting words of wisdom, Harrison, as we roll through our sixth infused anonymous beers the 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 pushes to just infuse them with whatever you want right don't get um, hung up on what the beer is getting out there and and do it yeah i mean think, i think this is a great for me i'm thinking about how and i'm sure this is obvious uh, well maybe not but how you know breweries can probably even utilize this to think about small batch beers to think about I mean, cask beer is now so many breweries you walk into and they have a cask of their chocolate porter with a with dehydrated peanut butter in it today. And when it's gone, it's gone. Or a chocolate pumpkin pie brown ale or whatever. Like all yes, that stuff. Keep going. Right, yeah. right <laughs> Clearly I'm hungry. Um, but you, uh, you know, this is a cool way to kind of do that. If, if you're into, if you want to get into home brewing but not have the time, the space, the whatever – Another way of kind of making some beer your own, putting your own touch on some things, kind of controlling some outcomes here. Um, yeah, in the spirit of discovery, uh, I think this is great. It's the first time I've ever done this, and I had a blast. So thank you, John, and, and everyone out there for talking about it and sharing your pictures about it and getting the conversation going. I'm pumped we had this this episode happen, and there's a fair amount of French press coffee. Nope beer sitting around in front of us so we're gonna finish that off as we clean up this mess that you'll probably see some pictures of somewhere on social media maybe on youtube yeah i forgot we started a youtube channel (laughs) i didn't forget (laughs) Um, but if if you're one of those people that 
doesn't know where to go to listen to podcasts on Android or you're not, not happy with uh, iTunes version of it, uh, everybody generally has access to YouTube and you can find us on Drinking Socially. There's now a podcast channel where we're publishing the audio from the podcast and hopefully a few pictures of mm, pictures of, of, of beer infusions or Harrison's mustache. Right. Or a little bit of column A, column B. until then show notes for this episode and all of our episodes are going to be available at podcast.untapped.com if you have questions or feedback connect with us on untapped uh sorry connect with untapped Mm -hmm. on twitter facebook or instagram or directly with harrison and i and our facebook group drinking socially yes uh, links are in the show notes. Thanks again, everyone, to enter the contest on Instagram. That was, again, humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harris and I were really excited to see everybody talking yeah. about the show, things you like, send us things you don't like privately. Right. <laughs> or, yeah, whatever. You do you. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.